George, would you ever sit back and just wonder what Corey Perry's up to? No, I, I can't say that I ever do that. It's a long offseason for the guy. Yeah, it makes me happy. I know. You know, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, really, to, to be swept in the first round. It's. I think the point here is that uh, as we enter our third uh, podcast, I believe third episode of the Predators offseason, and, you know, we're watching how much fun Ovechkin and Marsh so and Fleury and Holtby, all these guys are having. And it's easy to get down about the fact that uh, Ryan Johansson just moved with his dogs back to Vancouver and, you know, Philip Forsberg's chilling in Sweden and, you know. But then you just have to remember, what's Corey Perry been up to for, like, two months? Can yeah. you golf for that long? I, I mean, don't golf. Do you golf? I've golfed before. Usually when I golf, it takes about, like, a good week and a half to finish, I you know, would, 18 holes yeah. or so. Things would break if I were golfing. <laughs> I, that's, I'm not coordinated or patient enough for that. Yeah, I once hit a tree. Oh. Like, not with a ball, like, with a, with a club. Oh. It kind of flew out of my hands. I was at a t- high school tennis tournament once, and I saw somebody destroy their racket against a tree because they were mad, and I thought, that would be me. <laughs> Pretty much any organized sport, actually. Uh, so can you do that with your bike? No, you know, I played soccer growing up, and you can't really do anything because there's nothing to break. You, you don't have any kick equipment. The ball. Yeah, you just kick the ball really hard, but you have to get to the ball first. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You were, a, you were a forward, right? Uh, I was a midfielder. Midfielder. So if you want to talk in hockey terms, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. It's like a center. So did you ever score, or like, were you mostly just kind of like defensively minded? Like my, quotation marks? The only thing I was actually good at was running down the side and then kicking in, like, for a header, oh. which actually worked pretty regularly. Um, that's my like coach, my FIFA, that's my FIFA tactic. Yeah. My coach once pulled me aside and was like, if you could get in shape and, like, care a little more, you could probably get a scholarship. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that didn't happen. <laughs> I was not going to de- dedicate any more time than was necessary to sports. Oh, you remind me so much of myself as a kid. Yep. Uh, speaking of... We were, I think we were going to get into this a little later, but we might as well just segue into it now. You're somewhat of an all-star at the local pickup games. I don't like to brag, but uh, yeah, yeah, I had people bowing to me by the end of it, if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, they were doing this weird thing where they like raised one of their fingers at you yeah. over the boards. Which, of course, is my, my sign. Yeah, it's like, great job, dude. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, get in the hat trick. I'll, I'll brag for you. Get yeah. the hat trick at, at pickup. There were probably 40 people playing at one point. Jesus, yeah. It was yeah. a mess. Not something I expected when I came to Nashville, but you cool had for about them. had about fifteen minutes of between shift of just <laughs> sitting on the bench. That was cool. Oh yeah, I could feel my legs were cold yep. by the time I got back out there. Yep. I was like, oh, you kind of get tired and just yeah, your sweat started to freeze. Uh, but I don't know. On the one hand, you're right; like it's cool that it was very popular. But on the other hand, I wonder if that's because they just don't have many op- like availabilities. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're a, a scheduler for Fortnite. Yeah, there were like 40 people there, so maybe add <laughs> they, another one. They tried to kick people off, and it just didn't work. I know, the guy had a gun. Like, the, the security guard came with a freaking firearm. Did he really? He had a firearm, and he was, like, yell, cursing at us, and, like, everyone circled up. I did up, hear and that. And he was like, who's not on the list? And everyone was like, oh, I'm on the list, even though there were, like, 20 more people there than could <laughs> have possibly been on the list. And then two of them left, and we carried on. Who knew two people was I the know. magic number? Uh, I, I, I don't I don't enter recording points, but... I did uh, get a plus one rating. Did you? I was on the ice for That's a goal. a good thing that plus minus is the most important rating in hockey. Well, when, and not at all obsolete. See, I do this cool thing where when I'm the player, I just pick whatever stat makes me sound the best. So mm, You could be an agent. Yeah, you know, with exactly. Like that. Yeah. Plus one rating. and So my career rating is a plus one, actually, in, in pickup hockey. Wow. Yeah. 
pretty sure after I scored one of the goals, I came over and asked you what my course he was. Yeah, but everyone next to me was yelling at you because your jersey was the wrong color. Yeah. George liked to do this thing where he wore a jersey that was really ambiguously colored, so it was like light jerseys versus dark. Well, he was right in the middle, so <laughs> no one could really tell whose team he was on until he would score. But, you know, according to him, he's just better than everyone. My teammates knew who I was. I mean, I got a lot of passes from people, yeah. my teammates, you know. Uh, anyhow, yeah, that was a fun night. There were like tornadoes going on and stuff. That was fun. I was gonna say, yeah, it was a good time. It rained a lot, so I was kind of just sitting there, phone in one hand, like looking at the directions while also trying to drive with the other. <laughs> just going down the highway at like forty-five miles an hour, just like, oh yep. shit, what's well, going on? Welcome to Nashville. Yeah, um, I made it home okay. Yeah, clearly, because here we are. Yeah. Unfortunately, yet again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we're. We don't, you know, it, it would have been smart to probably come up with some kind of schedule for this offseason as far as, like, topics. More, We just kind of picked something that we thought was interesting in the, usually the playoffs, but uh, I think this episode we're going to get into more some more regular season stuff with the Predators. Just kind of picking out a player or two or, um, you know, and, and discussing what maybe something that people didn't pay as much attention to during the the regular season, but we're starting today with actually quite interesting topic. It was that was brought to us by George, uh, and I'll let you introduce this. Yeah, well, uh, I was watching Game Two of the Stanley Cup Final, and I just had a thought to myself: Jonathan March so is the next coming of Jesus Christ Himself, mm-hmm. and so would I rather have him on my team or someone really good on the Predators? And since they're both left wings, I came to thought: Would I rather have Jonathan March so or Philip Forsberg? And uh, I first, I kind of just discounted contracts because March is going to be making, I think, five over the next five years or so, uh, whereas Forsberg's making six. Yep, over the next four years, I believe. Yeah, which, that's fine. Yep. Like, those are those yep. are very comparable deals, but when you look at points, I mean, March so had 71 in 72 games. Yep. And Forsberg, I think, just hit 60 in 70 um, games. I've got his five on five. Give me one second. I can pull up the all strengths. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's hard to argue that Marchessault wasn't the breakout star of the year, and Philip Forster was very good. He, Sixty-four points in sixty-seven games, for in all situations for Philip Forsberg. Forsberg yeah, that's, that's pretty, a little better than I thought actually. And yeah. If he hadn't gotten suspended for three games, maybe that would have been a little better. <laughs> if he hadn't become a total dirtbag, yeah, bag. like for February for uh, the month of February, he decided he was a goon. Yeah. What is uh, what was his five-on-five numbers? I know you just pulled up his even strength. Um, he had. Here, let's do even strength. Thirty-seven points. Um, that's nine goals, which is pretty low for even strength. Um, so had, uh, at 5-on-5, five five, he had 48 points in 77 yeah. games, which is pretty good. That's yeah. over over half a point per game, I yeah. feel like. that's. I'm no Forsberg math Forsberg was actually a little over a point per game at 5-on-5. Or, sorry, no, no, no. no. Yeah, was a little over half a point per game, I should say. So, they're yeah, pretty... Basically, it, it seems like an interesting question. I mean, it's an odd question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I saw that you had written it down, I, I thought that yeah, I think he's just lost it and he's trying to come up with these, like, odd comparisons. But they're, I mean, as far as this past season, they're very comparable. And it's really interesting. I mean, this has been talked to death, but Jonathan Marshall was passed up by no fewer than three teams before this season. And he's having, like, just a breakout year. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know Do you know how I knew who uh, Jonathan Marshall was? Is because back in NHL 12 or 13 or 14, 
he was my AHL center in <laughs> with the Columbus Blue Jackets or the yep. whatever. The first team to pass him up, I believe. Yeah. Columbus, uh, and then Tampa, 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 Florida, and now. He had a good season in Tampa, too. I remember. I think he had, like, I think he had like 20 points or something like that. Uh, at 5-on-5, five five, he had, uh, in his second season in Tampa, he had 11 points. It's not bad. No. And at all, I mean, that's in 45 games played. At all strengths, he had... 18 points in 45 games. Uh, so, I mean, you could have maybe picked up on the fact that he has a little more to offer, but I don't think anyone, at least from those teams, would have ever predicted a mm-hmm. point per game. Well, so do you think that maybe the Lightning's experience with Marjusso is kind of influencing their – will influence their decisions with Yanni Gord? Just with how the players yeah, are? Where you I, have, you yeah, know. I think so. Uh, I mean, hopefully, like – a lot of these teams have kind of learned some lessons from this whole Vegas thing about which, you know, what what kind of, uh, you know, I hesitate to say analytics because I don't actually know what these teams are doing in the back room to figure out this stuff out, but in how they're analyzing their players, especially if you're Florida, I mean, you just have to be wondering why you voluntarily made that decision. The um, talent, baby. But then looking, like, obviously this doesn't have to do with the expansion draft, but Tampa letting March so go, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of throws a whole wrench into it because, like, these teams that are pretty successful, at least when you're talking about Tampa, you know, they must have some kind of pretty established way of determining which players they should value, and uh, they missed the mark on this one. So maybe it'll cause some reshuffling of how they approach things. I don't know. Which, yeah, and a lot of the times, like, when you think about it, it comes down to money, and John Marshall's still making 7.5K, or, yeah, seven seven fifty k Like, he's not exactly on this 1,000 points. Thousand dollars per point. Yeah, just nuts. Best bargain in the league, yeah, by far. Uh, and that's not on his ELC because right. I, he's he was on a free agent contract. Yep. And uh, yeah, they just kind of tossed him to the curb, and he went to Florida, and you know, thirty goals in Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Grand. I didn't expect him to put up a point per game, or you know, about a in all strengths as he did this year. But like, I thought for sure he was another lock for twenty five to thirty goals and yeah. sixty points. Yeah, and you wonder, I mean, is is he surprised by this? Like, was he? did he know he was better than he had been playing or at least been utilized and just kind of did he, like, let himself get convinced that maybe he wasn't? I don't know. I mean, I feel like all at that point you have to believe that you're that you're a great player. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the way I always heard it was if you – well, I used to swim, and my, as my coach used to tell me, it was like if you get up on that block with a shadow of a doubt in your mind that you might lose, the race is already over. Like, you need to be 100% focused, and you need yeah. 100% believe that you're going to win. And I think that's kind of how all NHLers are at that point, because, you know, if you don't believe that you're going to be better than the other yeah. person, it's going to affect how you play. Yeah, I mean, it's got to, all in all, you could say it's probably been a pretty enjoyable year for John Marsh, so <laughs> I was gonna he's, say, he's having a good time in Vegas, scoring a point per game in the NHL. And he still took $5 million by yeah. six years, yeah, I think it was six years, because he makes, uh, he makes $30 million in total. Do you think that, I mean, assuming he plays the same number of games roughly, do you think that we'll see this again next year? Or I mean, is it, is it a fluke? I mean, that's a hard question to answer, but. Well, I mean, here's the thing. He has, at least at five on five, he has 32 total assists. And he has um, 23 first assists and nine secondary assists. But you have to wonder how many of those went to uh, Wild Bill Carlson. Oh, yeah. Wild Bill, dude. He's got the flow too. Dude, he's that matters. He's oh, he's looking good. His yeah. you know, say whatever you want about his team percentage, but his flow per sixty, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, as far as possessions stats for Marshall so at even strength, 
uh, pretty much slightly above average in all categories. Uh, Corsi's a 53, Fenwick's 52, uh, Shots 4 is a 54, and High Danger Chances he's at a 50.8. Um, he did produce PDO. He produced fifty-eight high danger chances by himself. Yeah. Like that's incredible. PDO is a one hundred and four, which is not huge. I mean, that's not like way over the mark. Is it one hundred and four? Is yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, Flurry has played incredibly well, and actually, the, I mean, this is regular season, so that didn't even take into account the nine fifty that he's been writing. I was gonna say stream percentage isn't that high for five on five. It's only I think I saw ten point five or uh, ten point six. Yeah. Ten point six. Mm-hmm. That's probably gonna drop about a percentage, but like, yeah, it's mostly gonna yeah. be goaltending that comes down. Yeah, in, in terms of PDO, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I would say based on this season, I, I don't see him regressing too much, unless of course there's some kind of injury or. Uh, Anyway, um, I'd say Vegas is more than getting their money's worth, even at the five million mark. <laughs> yeah, he's five million. I mean, um, he, he's almost a star. I feel like. Yeah, uh, certainly see. getting there. As far as like individual uh, rates go, I feel like uh, he's producing over a goal per sixty minutes, and he often play. He oftentimes plays around fourteen point five, uh, fourteen, fourteen yeah, minutes, minutes, yeah. minutes, about or fifteen minutes. I'd say. So let's go sixty divided by fifteen. Four, so that's basically a goal every four games. Yeah, uh, that's about twenty goals. But his total, his total points is three per sixty. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Actually, he's nuts. And his first again, it's what's very telling to me is that a lot of his assists were primary. Yeah. Which means that he's actually creating and these chances. I believe that's three points per sixty at even strength. Is that right? That's not even uh, yep. taking power plays into account. Yep. Even strength, which again, I don't like to take into account all strengths because you know. Penalty kill and such. Right, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it's not a, a great way to analyze things. But, yeah. um, but man, look at this. Uh, 3.22 high danger chances uh, created per 60. Just holy smokes. Yeah, that's great. I mean, um, he's, he's like the anti-predator. the anti predator. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they produce like double that as a team usually yeah. for a game. Um, which, of course, brings us to the reason we're here, which is to discuss the Predators. Yeah, we are between the fangs. So the alternative to this, based on your initial question, is would we prefer Marcheseau or Philip Forsberg? Uh, now, I would argue that although Forsberg missed time this year, this was probably his best season that I've seen in. As, as far, far as, as consistency, he didn't have as much streakiness. He, he started scoring early in the year, which is uh, something that he's failed to do in previous years. He really takes a while to heat up, but this year he's kind of right in. And it, he did rely on the power play quite a bit. Especially the to start there. Yeah. Um, but the power play dried up real fast, and then he was able to still. Um, and, of course, that, that first line, he and Johansson um, are pretty much the, the main offensive threat on this team, and, and both are, I would say, equally good on the defensive side of things, um, equally valuable. Uh, but, of course, as we said, uh, Forsberg had 37, uh, I believe, even strength points in 67 games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making, as we said, six million dollars, which is a fair deal. Yeah, but, yeah, it's not it's certainly not an overpayment by any means. Um, and this was actually his first season since twenty fourteen that he did he did not complete all eighty two games. That was like his first. That was the, the the suspension was like his first missed game, I guess, in over three years. Uh, lighting up Jimmy Vesey there with the reverse check. I was glad to see him do the butt check a little bit in the playoffs. He obviously hasn't lost that side of his game. Yeah, I saw some people complaining about uh, James Neal's butt check on mm. Brooks Orpik last night. I'm like, well, you can't really have it both ways. Like, I get it. We don't want 
Vegas to win, but either. Well, I think, I mean, it was, uh, most of the arguments I saw were in comparison to the Forsberg hit. Well, that's what I was going to say, yeah. and uh, which I was like, yeah, that's a, that should be. Yeah. It, I, it won't be, but. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, Brian Burke, one of the, who's a, been a great addition to Hockey Central, yeah. I feel like, uh, came out and said that when he was with player safety, they absolutely weighted games differently in the playoffs, which is something that we all kind of knew, but yeah. no one had ever said before. And uh, Which is garbage, by the way. Oh, it absolutely is garbage, but I, I used to think that I was, when I say I used to, I mean, uh, as of like two weeks ago, I thought uh, three regular season games equaled a playoff game. Yeah. Or yeah, as far as suspensions yeah, go. Yeah. And then he was then he was talking about how like one regular season game equals or ten regular season games equals a playoff game. And I was wow. like, Wow. Are you kidding? Like that's that's terrible. Yeah. That that's, you can uh, you you could probably get away with murder then. Yeah. Or you know, be Tom Wilson. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah. You know the crazy thing about getting concussed in the playoffs and getting concussed in the regular season? What? You're still concussed both times, so from a player safety perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense to call it differently. There was a lot of there was a few times yesterday where I was like, I see that the concussion spotters out to lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Devonte Smith Pelly hit on yeah on uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I was like, ooh, that's not good. Yeah, I didn't, that was nasty. I do appreciate though how everyone kind of came together and was like, you know, that's that's a good call. Which I think it's besides everyone besides Ken Campbell, who's I think just a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian, yeah. but like. Yeah, it is nice that everyone can kind of go in and be like, that, that, that's the one, this is the one time we're going to agree on a goaltender yeah. interference call. Um, okay, so now that we've deflected plenty, and you're, <laughs> as you're talking to, I assume, an audience of Predators fans. Of course. Would you rather have Philip Forsberg or Jonathan Marcheseau? In a vacuum, probably Jonathan Marcheseau. i got to be honest. I mean, he was the driver on that line, and you know as well as anyone that Phil, or that uh, Ryan Johansson kind of drives the bus on that on that first line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I think Phil Forsberg might be a little bit better defensively, but it's very weird. Um, I know that Jonathan Marchessault at least takes more uh, defensive zone starts, not by much. I think he still starts in the offensive zone like fifty three percent of the time. But like, uh, yep, that's exactly fifty three percent of the time. Forsberg's at fifty four. Yeah. But you often see uh, that first line get used as a neutralizing line for the for Vegas. They saw a lot of Jofa or not They saw a lot of Shifley. Yeah. And line eight during that that third round, I was actually really impressed because then you know they also put up points. But it was weird. It was I don't know, man. I think I'd rather have Marcus Hill. I must. I would stick with Forsberg. Um, they they're producing at relatively similar rates. Um, I hope that Forsberg will get over this weird goon aspect of his game and get back to playing 82 games because he could, he, I mean, he could easily be a 60, 70 point scorer if he played a full season consistently. Mm-hmm. They're, they're riding pretty much the same PDO, same offensive zone faceoffs, um, same shooting percentage. I mean, they're very similar players. Marcus is a little cheaper, but Forsberg, dollars. Forsberg has. A bigger sample size. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, also consider this, and not in a vacuum. Marcus is twenty seven, whereas Forsberg is twenty four, or going on yeah, twenty four. That's which is funny because since Marsh is pretty much Marsh's breakout year, it's I tend to think of him as being younger, but yeah, um, he's pretty much midway through his career, I guess. Yeah, I would stick with Forsberg, uh, and maybe that's a bit of homerism too because mm-hmm. I just like him. But 
Listen, I love the, this kind of brings me to another question, which I feel like I may have asked you this before, but is Phil Forsberg a star in the NHL? Mm. A lot of people ask this question. Yeah. Uh, I think he was tiptoeing around it this during the playoffs this year. He had some pretty unbelievable goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, and, and, and of course, this comes down to what you define as a star. Uh, is he Ovechkin? No. I mean, is he on that level of McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby? No. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a player that you should. If he well, can he be a player that you tune in specifically to watch? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when he does, you know, the between the legs dangles and, and knocks defensemen on their ass. Um, yes, I mean that's worth watching for sure and watching over and over again. Uh, but no, I don't believe he is a and and this it's such a stupid argument because it's such a subjective thing. But I don't believe he's a quote unquote star of the NHL. So what is your what is your like what do you have to be to be a star? Because um, I've always kind of said is like you have to be point per game. Yeah, I mean if yeah if you want to like break it down into like a number a numeric value then yeah I'd I'd say you need to be a point per game like and forty uh, forty goals or a point per game. Yeah, um, to be like a television star like a you know a, a, the one that the the freaking NBC guys talk about all the time is like like more of a subjective thing. Uh, I don't know you know it's a little mm-hmm. it's a little harder to pin down. Um, basically, I would say, like, at its simplest, you need to be the best player in your team, mm-hmm. by far. Um, and, I, but yeah, basically, just be the, the best producer of, of points. Or, you know, with Nashville, it's a little more interesting, because most of their star power comes with their defense, but it's defensemen who score. Um, you know, we could talk about Ekholm being the real the real bread and butter there, but he's not a star by any means, especially no. compared to P.K. Subban, who's star for numerous reasons. I would say P.K. Subban is a star in the NHL. Oh. But he is by the, like I said, kind of the more subjective way. I wouldn't say that he's a star in terms of just numbers. I would say he's a star in terms of numbers, though. Because, again, yeah, for, okay. for right. defensemen, it's a, right. the goalposts get moved a little bit because, you know, if if one of them scores, you know, a point per game in 82 games, they still don't even win the Norris that year. Right. You know, Eric Carlson got yep. robbed. Yep. Do doubty. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Is there a PK Duban going on? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I mean, he's already won one, so Can I that think that be the name of the episode. <laughs> to say, PK Duban. Yeah, I guess he, that I mean, he's won. He actually had a really good season too. Yeah, which no, absolutely. A lot of people, a lot of people take out a lot of their issues with on PK Duban that are, I think, unfair. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But um, we're not we're not talking about that right now. We're we're talking about Philip Forsberg, who it's hard to me to say that he is going to be a star because right now he is in that the prime of his career as far as scoring goes. Uh, a lot of people will, will say that your prime is like 27 mm-hmm. through 30, but numerically or statistically, I guess we should say, it's twenty. It's like 22 through 25. Uh, do you think he puts up 82 points next year if he plays a full season? No. Where do you think he tops out at, like 70? 65, 70, yeah, I'd yeah. say. Um, and this is not a slight on him necessarily. Nashville's just much better at... You, I mean, you, you could chuckle, but they're better at, at spreading the points out. And then uh, that, may, that may be more that, you know, they just don't have, like, a singular star. But And I know the first line is obviously the driver there. But uh, they, I mean, compared to, um, you know, Winnipeg, it's line A. You know, like, he's the guy. Nashville I mean, doesn't really Wheeler, have Wheeler the had yeah. Wheeler had more points than, than line A, though. Yeah, okay. Whereas some of the people may have referred to him as lane. 
Uh, Patrick Lane. Patrick Lane. <laughs> Those are some ghosts. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I because I feel like I think that uh, the Winnipeg kind of goes to that same thing though, where they have you know they have one line, the first line which is uh, which is Wheeler, Shifley, and then Kyle mm-hmm. Connor. And that second line was Statsny, Ehlers, and, and Lane A. And Lane A. Like, Lane A. Yeah, I, <laughs> I tried so hard not to say it that it came out. That's funny. Um, <laughs> basically, at his highest production rates, he has Forsberg could be a point-per-game player. Um, but he's, for whatever reason, he's very streaky. Um, like I said, he kind of moved away from that a little bit this past year, which was nice. I spread out the points a little bit more. Then he went all goon on us. Yep, right. And yeah, the high elbow. The best thing, I mean, honestly, the strongest thing about Philip Forsberg in terms of adding value to a team is the fact that he can play anywhere and mm-hmm. contribute positively to any line. That is something I would like to go back to our original conversation, like see that for March or so, because he's pretty static on that line. Yeah, I so mean. So, in terms of just like bringing a. But, value to the team. But Marshall does play good defense, though. I mean, like we said, he started a little bit less in the offensive zone, which not, I don't think it's enough to really say no, anything. No, barely. Yeah, but barely. he does play tougher quality competition where that first line, especially near the end of it, got got a little bit sheltered so they could produce more points. I mean, how much in that in that, uh, that last in that last series against Winnipeg, how much was Forsberg and Johansson going up against Shifley or Line A? They yeah. were mostly seeing the third line with Perel. Yeah. Whereas whenever you're, if you see Ovechkin on the ace in, in Vegas, you're going to see March so. Right. Mostly because it's the only line that can actually play him to a stop. But, like, this offensive powerhouse is so multidimensional. And I think a lot of that comes from March so. Not, you know, no discredit to Riley Smith or to uh, Wild Bill Carlson, but. Wild Bill. Wild Bill, baby. That's a great nickname, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm right, yeah. For some reason, he's like my... Well, I know why. It's not for some reason. He's absolutely my favorite Vegas player because he's called Wild Bill Carlson. <laughs> no. I'm more of a Schmidt guy. What, does he have a nickname? No, just... just you, know. you just like him. I okay. just like Nate Schmidt. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Okay, so we can... That's good. We can disagree here. Yeah. On, I guess. I mean, we're both kind of in the middle because they're very... Like, truly, they are very similar players in terms of yeah. any, pretty much any an analytical tool... Either of them can play for my team any day of the week. Oh, absolutely. Especially for, I mean, they're both on great contracts. Uh, Marsha is on a better contract in terms of team, mm-hmm. you know, just value to the team. But Forsberg's not getting overpaid, you know. So when does Forsberg's contract aid or end, rather? I believe it's in four. It was a six-year deal, and I'm pretty sure he's burned two years off of it. Yeah, so let's see. He is... Forsberg ends in twenty one twenty two or twenty two. He'll be a, a UFA for twenty two twenty three. So he has four four more seasons, and then he's a UFA. Mm-hmm. He is up when a certain PK Subban's up. They got to get that cup, man. Yeah, and Matias Ekholm. They got four years. They got to get that cup. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and Johansson signed forever, so that's fine. Yeah. Eight million dollars. People keep harking back to that, but what were they going to do? Not sign him? Yeah. They they traded Seth Jones to get a number one center. Then they have him. Or are they just going to lose him then because they don't want to well, shell him? Especially after Leon Dreisaitl signs a 9.5. Well, that's we Peter talked about Shirai. that you know, like last year about how that maybe that's how the market can go. It's just like, I am 75% of Connor <laughs> McDavid, so pay me 75% of his contract. But then David Pasternak takes less money afterwards. Like, yeah. How does that work yeah, out? Yeah, that was a really strange. I mean, you must just really like Boston. With yeah, yeah, like no, thank you, but imagine that. 
Jesus. I, I, <laughs> yeah, people, but I don't know, people are going to be like, well, Pasternak's a winger, not a center. Yeah, but so is Dreisaitl. Yeah. He mostly yeah. plays on McDavid's wing there. I don't. I don't know. Eh, Johansson for $8 million at, at the age of 25. Yeah. What are you going to do back when have Kyle Turris play first line right, center? Yeah. Especially when they didn't actually have Kyle Turris on the team. Johansson's so good. That's the thing. He's like, as, as much as P.K. Subban gets undervalued, I mean, Johansson. He eats a lot of crap for, for this team as he far really as like Fambius goes. And we've talked about this before. It's, you know, he has that kind of strange skating style, which is actually mm-hmm. better, as, as I believe you pointed out, is like, the more efficient strides, but it looks lazy. Yeah, that Jack compared to Iver- compared to Arvidsson. Yeah, um, but no, they're very. And you will probably disagree with me on this because you're not as much of a homer. But I would say there are very few contracts for the Predators that are really bad. Turris's contract is bad. I I would actually agree with that statement. Yeah. as far as like David Poyle has done a good job of building this team. Yeah, I mean, so far it's worked out for him. I mean, um, here here's the thing though, like. And I, I come back with this for like a lot of people who are like, well, they took a hometown discount once, they'll take one again. No, they took a hometown discount to win. Yeah. When, when if they come back. Winning, yeah, if they win and they're gone. Yeah, it's a. Uh, did you ever see Goodfellas? No. Oh. I'm really bad with movies. Okay. I'm like the worst. It's a mob, it's a mob movie. And basically, yeah, the, the guy is going around like talking about how the enforcers get money, and it's like, you know, F you, pay me. Yeah. Oh, you're out of. You didn't have a good week? F you, pay me. Yeah. They took these great deals for the team, and now, you know, in a year and a half, it's going to be time for Ryan Ellis to cash in. Yeah. 2.5 for Ryan Ellis. Yeah. Well, and they got it. And that's the thing is they, I mean, we'll, I think we'll actually dedicate, like, a solid chunk of an episode talking yeah. about Ryan Ellis, but yeah. uh, this is, I mean, they got to make a decision this year, basically, because mm. they can't afford to, I mean, I I wouldn't think you'd want to lose in the free agency at all. No. Because you can. You need to get something for that. You can man. grab you a decent forward in return. If you're, uh, if you're not like, if you're not Ryan Ellis or Matthias Eichel or whoever, how do you not just fire your agent into the sun? Yeah, and even I mean I know you have problems, but with Roman Yossi, like, how much was he making for four million dollars? Yeah, I'll take yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take all of his issues for four million dollars. Exactly. Yeah, because well, usually his offense will outweigh his defensive right. ineptitude, right. but like, yeah, yeah, for four million dollars, easily, yeah. I'll definitely take that. I've. I mean, I guess I say I have issues with Pecorini, but seven million dollars. Oh, I still have issues with Pecorini. Yeah, now he's. I mean, he's got one more year on that deal. He's not. He's not gonna make seven after that. So, no. Um, yeah, there's, there's there are any albatross. I guess you could say there's certainly no contract mm-hmm. that's just garbage. Kyle Turris was it was an issue, but like that was a uh, a sign and trade sort of deal yeah. where it was like he wasn't coming to the Predators unless he was signed for long term. Right. And people forget this year he was only making three point five million dollars. He was on one of those nice deals that was a f you pay me kind of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, six million dollars for him is a little, little tricky, but yeah, that's I mean, fine. Compared to who'd you rather have, Torres or Forsberg? That's what you get. I mean, well, obviously different <laughs> positions, but there you go. Well, Torres is a center, so I got to go with Torres. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's the only way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I guess if I the one person I have a main issue with as far as contracts, I guess two would be. Craig Smith I know you don't like yeah Nick Benito. Yeah, Craig Smith's expensive at four and a quarter. Nick uh, Benito though, four point one. I yeah. I get it. Nick Benito kind of falls under the uh, under the keeping Kyle Yarncroke over uh, over James Neal, where they had no other centers. Yeah, like they needed a center, and Nick Benito just beat him in the Stanley Cup final. Like, yeah. Again, it's hard to really criticize these deals because they all have you know that kind of caveat. It's like, oh, actually, that you know it made sense at the time anyway. Yeah. 
I was going to say, I mean, otherwise Austin Watson at 1.1, Kyle Young Crook at 2. Those are fine. Yeah, that's fine. I have Especially, no issues. I mean, the cap's going up as well, so the yeah. cap's probably going to jump to 9. Or, no, no, to, uh, oh, it's going to jump from 75 to 80. It's 80. Right? Or it's I can't remember what the anyway, Everyone says 3 to $7 million. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people think that's going to be closer to like 5 to 7. I'll, if it actually does go 7, I'll be surprised, but I think 5 is probably about right. Yeah. Yeah, and then that, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly don't mind paying a combined three point one for Yarn Croak and Watson. I think that's yeah. You need those depth guys, and they're actually quite good at what they do. So yeah. Uh, anyhow, we do want to talk about the uh, one of the two players that is grossly undervalued, which would be PK Subban. I wouldn't say necessarily undervalued. I think he's, I think he's paid. A no, I'm not. I'm not talking contract. Oh, okay. oh, I'm talking saying. like. Reputation among fans. I wouldn't say he's undervalued in terms of contributions, but he's definitely uh, receives a lot of unfair criticism. He's a scapegoat. Yeah, and uh, I think I mean you had you had kind of brought this up. Of obviously we pay attention to his uh, you know the slapper in the arrow celebration, bow and arrow, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, we kind of wanted to look at him as as a pure defenseman. What you know, what does he look like on you know doing his job basically? So. <laughs> Which and before we we start spewing numbers out, let's also remember about the offense that he puts up, which is why, like I said, why I can excuse yeah. Roman Yossi being a sieve in the defensive zone, yeah, because he produces offense. And the first one, mm-hmm. and the first number that I should spit out for PK Subban is this past year he played eighty two games, which is still nuts. It's all you can ask for from your your top pairing defenseman is to play a full season. He that was uh, his first full season since twenty fourteen fifteen. Um, should have played less. And then uh, he should have played fewer minutes. Um, I mean, it's it, for the beginning of the season, they, Nashville had a bit of an issue with, with really loading the minutes on, on their top two pairings. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I understand when your bottom pairing is... Uh, well, I guess Ellis was hurt, so mm-hmm. bottom pairing was Irwin and Weber mostly. Which, hey, at least they're coming back next year, right? Signing those brand new contracts. Oh, that's right, they did. That was a while ago. That was. That was, that was, a, a, that was a sneaky bad yeah. deal, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... I don't have a problem. I would have kept Irwin, but Potato, uh, why? Like he's a non-factor in my opinion. I this is like, I you're gonna think I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Seeing what I see from this team, I think Potato's value is in the locker room. Everyone hangs out with him. Every Instagram video, Twitter video, everything. It's insert player here hanging out with Anthony Potato, and he never even plays, but they all hang out with him. He must just be a really good guy. Intangibles. I, I would imagine that there are other guys that they can hang out with. If I'm you say, I was like, like I said, I know that's ridiculous, but he, he's just a very apparently a very likable guy. Pam, Pam, eighty thousand dollars then as a assistant coach <laughs> and just have him follow the team around, be be friends <laughs> with everyone. Yeah, all he does is go. All he does is go drinking with people and make sure that no one ends up dead. Or I mean, you know, could he like caught in a sticky situation? What would he be like on another team? I mean, there are teams that could really use anti-bitter. No. Well, yes, because yeah. other teams have terrible third pairings. Yeah, exactly. But I would argue that the Predators have a pretty bad third pairing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just get their, like, they just they just get kicked in every zone. I think, I can't remember, I said I think I said this about uh, Yannick Weber. I was like, oh, he's he's like Roman Yossi if you took out the hands in hockey sense. Yeah. Skates real well, but just, he, uh, that's he, about I it. I forget what game I was at. I was I was sitting kind of pretty, pretty much behind the Predators net during one, one of the periods, and it just hit me after like his third turnover behind the net that he thinks he's PK Subban. <laughs> like he thinks he can break out from behind the net, and he just can't. Uh, but I don't know. I, 
He's a seventh defenseman, you know, and, and well he's now fine. he's like, now I guess he's a sixth. He's a sixth right? defenseman, yeah. baby. Like, that one's out. Thank God. Yeah, he was also someone that I wasn't too happy yeah. about. Which I actually don't give that much credit, or I don't give that much blame to uh, to uh, to Poil for signing him. I mean, I think they traded a third next year for him. Yeah, but like, you know, Ryan Ellis is going to be out. Mm-hmm. You you have to do something to get him. Yeah, no, I I didn't have a huge problem. I didn't. It's kind of like when when it's like him, it's like oh, him like Emelin? I don't know because Nashville's defense is pretty quick and you know. Talented skating and Emlyn is not that guy. So, but again, it's at the time it made sense. I think they also tried to. I was thinking, I think they also thought though that he was going to be like that. Him and PK Subban had chemistry from their time in right. in Montreal, which turns out I think they only played like a hundred minutes in yeah. like two seasons together. Like it wasn't all that great. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I didn't. I didn't mind the signing. I didn't like how they kept playing him though. When yeah. when he he just. It was they. They knew that he wasn't going to yeah. work out. Yeah, but now he's gone, and and Boteto will probably end, end up back in the lineup mm. on, a, on essentially a nightly basis. Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, he, you know, it'll be something. It, yeah, it will be hockey. You, know, you can watch it. Oh, man, what are you trying to find? It. Oh, I'm just trying to find some PK Subban. Uh, yeah, that's some, what we were actually going to talk about in the yeah. first place. There's this really great site put up by uh, CJ Totoro and Corey Schneider. Both of which are on Twitter. And both are, is that not how you say his name, Schneider? No, it is. Okay, sorry. I forgot you were talking about the Twitter guy. I was like, Corey Schneider has an, an analytics website. <laughs> <laughs> the emoji I, guy? I no, it's your okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the emoji guy. Uh, anyways, there's uh, Schneider and, and Totoro have this great website, which mostly tracks, like, exit data, entry data, contributions, like, entry defense. It's really good. Yeah, uh, one of the best players, apparently, in the league, as far as exits per 60 Certain Samuel Gerard. No way. Yeah. According, wow. according to this, which, you know. What's Kyle Turris like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. Um, can I even look them up, look that up? I'm just. I mean, I'm, it's that's essentially the trade rate because they. I guess they lost Vlad Kamenev as well. Vlad Kamenev played three yeah. minutes. Yep. Hundred percent Corsi in those three minutes. Really. Yep. And then I mean, he had like leg. he had like two shots for yep. and two none against. Yep. So yeah, PK Subban by far the best exits per sixty player on this team. Um, Look at number two, Anthony Batetto. <laughs> I didn't even know. I feel like that's poetic. He does think he literally does think he and and number three is Riosi. So Batetto thinks he's Subban and Yossi. <laughs> <laughs> but he ain't. But he has a pretty high, pretty high chunk there of fails. Yeah. Well, look who. Yeah, I was to say yeah, he is pretty bad. Matt Irwin's pretty yeah. bad. Ekholm also not that great as far as like as it fails per sixty at five seventy two. That's I think with with the yeah. amount of games that he plays, it's like but a two per game, a bigger chunk of uh, exit passes per sixty and clears per sixty. So yeah. which I don't I don't really like clears because that's a turnover basically. Yeah, I you know me my my strategy is always maintain position yeah. puck, uh, which if you if you really care, PK Subban by far one of the best as far as exit passes goes. Uh, Exit carries not as much. He was much more known for making that first kind of pass uh, with 3.24 per 60. Yeah. Uh, clears, dumps. I don't like how close the clears and dumps are as far as, like, color-wise. Oh, yeah. Well, constructive criticism there for Corey Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> also get better at playing defense. Yeah. Or, rather, or goaltender, rather. Yeah. Yeah, but... So, Subban. 
Simmons, he's great. But he's, that's, I mean, that's sort of, I mean, I, you know, zone exits is, is a defenseman's job, but that's still somewhat offensive. Yeah. I mean, how is he in terms of, you know, what are you talking about? Shot suppression, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, let's go Let's go to our good friends at Natural Stat Trick. Yep. I mean, as far as, like, he had an above, he had an above average Corsi, above average Fenwick, both about 51%. Uh, as far as shots go, he controlled just over 50, like 50.81%. Uh, his goals for is fifty seven percent. As far as even strength numbers go, yeah, keep that in mind. This is even strength because penalty kill and power play can, as always, fuck up the number or mess up the numbers rather. <laughs> Try not to curse as much. That's uh, good. I appreciate that. Yeah, he kind of got shelled as far as scoring chances and in high danger chances. Gave up forty or he only controlled forty five point five four percent of them. But let's remember he started in the offensive zone forty two point four five percent of the time, baby. That's not easy. No. And he always, 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 always played against the uh, the top competition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super he was on Shifley, like, white on rice. Like, yeah. it was... He's, he's top talent. Um, which yeah. is, I th- I mean, honestly, that is where his real value to me is. And that was... He was him was, and Eklund were the only people that could guard the front of the net. Yeah. Especially in that Jet series. I mean, we, we kind of... I think there was that game five where there... Or game six where the Predators won... And it was mostly because they played that trout. I remember looking at the numbers and being like, if if the Jets can get through, you know, the middle of the ice, they can get through the neutral zone. They're still having success. No one can actually stop them as far as you know, offensive zone possession time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Jets figured it out and you know made their way past it and then eat up the Predators' defense alive whenever Subban and Ekholm were on the ice. To, and I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here though. Mm. Subban has the sixth highest high danger chances per sixty. At five on five, against or four? Against. Against? Uh, yeah. When he the most of any defenseman not named Alexi Emlund. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi Emlund played seventy six games, eh? Yeah. That's a uh, huh. Yeah. That's, that's something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I would also like to defer you to his saving grace, which was the uh, high danger goals ratio. Yeah. Where he he scored or he was on the ice for seventy th- or thirty seven and only gave up thirty three for a ratio of fifty two percent. Um. Yeah, we can say that that's a little bit because of Rene and Rene, who had an immaculate season, but like that's and he still also, pretty good. When you do goals against per sixty at five on five, he jumps down to sixteenth most, which is actually very good. Uh, it's better than Teto, Yossi, Ekholm, and <laughs> Sam Gerrard, who allowed three point three goals against <laughs> per sixty <laughs> in five games. <laughs> God bless the kid. I I was so sad to see him go. I know he, he was great. He's, he jumped right up Dude, there to the was, top pairing, basically. I, yeah, I was to say. I mean, he was their number three guy for most season. Yep. And Eric Johnson went down. He jumped to the top line, which a lot of people will, will point to the Forsberg goal and be like, "Not not that good, is he?" Well, you know, anyone can be made look like an idiot. Yeah, you were dangling around those, those <laughs> jumps at beer league or at at, at a pickup round. Oh, you haven't even started seeing. I know. Like, we haven't even gotten to beer league yet. <laughs> Just wait, baby. How an all star. So uh, how would you, let's uh, to make this somewhat clickbaity? What's your what's your regular season grade for PK Subban? A plus. Yep. I think he is my Norris winner. Yep. Um, let me look up and see the list of the other ones were. Um, yeah, I kind of lost track of who was who was. I mean, Klingberg was up there for a while, but that was mostly just in points. Like, like he actually, I remember doing doing a little bit of research on him. He wasn't terrible. He was very average in his own zone, but. Yeah. A lot of people like to point to him as like, 
I don't know. I liked when he tripped over the goal, his own goalpost, <laughs> and let Benito score in two nutter. Yeah. Uh, James Norris, uh, Victor Hedman, Drew Doughty, John Carlson, Roman Yossi, and PK Subban. Roman Yossi f- finishes higher than PK Subban. You'll be able to hear my screams throughout Nashville. <laughs> I could see Victor Hedman winning this just because yeah. 70 or 63 points in 77 games. Um, good player. Drew Doughty, I didn't. I didn't think Drew Doughty was that was was all that great, but you know when I, when I actually got a chance to look at the Kings more in that Vegas series, it really was just him and like Jake Muzzin on that blue line. Everyone else was so bad. Uh, John Carlson has put up a lot of points. John Carlson, how much money do you think John Carlson is going to make this year in free agency? Six. You're high. <laughs> what do you think he's going to make? Uh, I think he's going to be eight. Yep. Let's see what his points were in the regular season. Or maybe, who knows, maybe they won't go. Ooh. Brought to you by Lexus something. Is that a Lexus? I yeah. think it looks like Lexus. Yeah. Thank you, NHL. Or ESPN.com, rather. Uh, let's see. In the 2017-2018 regular season, he had 68 points in 82 games. Six billion. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll make seven. He's, I, like so. I think he's going to make more. Unless he, unless the Caps win the Cup and he's just like, yep. you know what, I'm signing the contract the next day. Oh, the Caps are winning the Cup. Uh, not if Jonathan March is in your save. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, actually, we'll get to that pretty much right now. Yeah. Um, except we should mention that uh, Oliver Eggman Larson, new contract. Well, not signed, just rumored. Oh, okay. So, I, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, my bad. So uh, I was watching TSN the other day because I stream it. Yes. I'm not going to watch the NHL Network. No. Um, Gross. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Bob McKenzie, the, the Bob father, came out and said that the Coyotes have offered Oliver Ekman Larson an eight year deal worth $8.25 million per. Now. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But rem- let's remember that PK Subban makes nine. Yep. And that Eric Carlson and Andrew Dowdy both said that they think that they're worth more than PK Subban was when he signed that deal. So, they also belong to the same agency as all of Reckman Larson, so I would not be surprised to see him being asking for 9.5 or 10, especially when people like Andre Kopitar have signed for 11, uh, Conor McDavid's new deal, Leon Dreisaitl signing for money, or for that kind of money. Um, it's hard to argue that. It's hard to argue as far as uh, all of Reckman Larson goes that like he's not worth what uh, Leon Dreisaitl is. Here's the thing about it, Oliver Ekman Larson, though. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. After <laughs> you think? Year. Yeah. He's okay. gonna, I think he's going to turn him down. He's going to go into free agency, and Toronto's going to sign him. No, dude, they're going to tell you anyway after Drew Daddy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I kind of like the Leafs. I don't know if they'll be a Dowdy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's also true. I'm trying to figure out what handedness he is. Is he righty? No, he's a lefty. I don't know, man. Because the Toronto Maple Leafs on the left side have Jake Gardner and Morgan Riley. Ooh, Jake Gardner. I like Jake Gardner. I like those young Leafs. Is Gardner even young? No, he's like 27 now. Well, he counts. He counts. He's. I, th- I just literally consider everyone except Marlowe to be very young for Toronto. I mean, you got to forget that. We kind of forget that Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner were around during the 2013 collapse. Yeah. Uh, it was 4-1. to one. Oh, poor <laughs> Leafs. Yeah, they kind of deserved it. I guess so. I mean, I'm kind of a Leafs fan now. 
I know, right? Yeah. They're just fun to watch. They are. I know Although, that they, that's like the the antichrist of NHL fans, but yeah. uh, Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. Uh, Boston. I feel like American fans, it's Boston. Yeah. Canadian, like especially Ontario fans yeah. that aren't Maple Leaf fans, yeah. like the Maple Leafs are the worst. I'm of a weird mind that says that maybe the Leafs should explore trading Marner. Oh, absolutely. Talk, talk about how high his value is right now. Exactly. Yeah. Sky high, yeah. which... That's also why... You should I, always consider trading everybody, in my opinion. No one should ever be safe, yeah. except for Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Sidney Crosby. Sebastian Ajo. Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I actually kind of want the Predators to work out a trade there. Oh, that would be incredible. Ryan Ellis... So let me lay something on you. Ryan Ellis for Justin Falk and, and, the, and their second-round pick. Not the second-overall pick, but the second-round pick. Remember that Justin Falk is signed for $5 million over the next two years. I mean, honestly, I think... And he's also a righty, so he fits right into that if, spot. If I'm... Uh, it's tricky, because... It, keep, I don't know, I it don't keeps know, the cap window open. I don't for, know what Ryan Ellis's relationship is like with Nashville's management, but if I'm Nashville, if there's like a an even trade offered for Ryan Ellis, I'm mm. taking it mm. at this point. Uh, I don't know how high his value is right now. That's the thing. Is, is everyone... I mean, they... The defense obviously improved once he came from back from injury. It's but almost like Ryan Ellis is better than Alex Yemelin. Wow. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. How about what do we really, what have we really learned here? You know, <laughs> nothing. It's uh, if I'm yeah, I I would love to get a, a deal worked out with Carolina in Nashville this mm-hmm. this offseason. I think there's a lot of potential there. Oh, I'm sorry. There's only there's another another player uh, saved or that's safe. Martin Nekash or Nekash? Yeah. Or like their first round pick mm-hmm. from last year is supposedly just tearing up the Czech League or the Finn League. Yeah. Although the the one that I keep going back to is Ellis plus their second round or sorry, Ellis plus a third round pick. No, sorry, never mind. Ellis for Jakob Slavin and their second round pick. Wait. I keep thinking that it's somehow gonna be Skinner. Skinner and Ellis are gonna be involved, and I don't know what the other details would be. I could see that. I mean, Skinner's value is at all time low after they played him on the third line yeah. for the entire year. Right. They still scored like thirty goals. Like you know, he was he was one of my top three Rocket Richard candidates and then they buried him <laughs> they in death Jeff Forrest. Why? Yeah. Just why would they do that? I don't know. I could I could see it. I think Skinner would be a good player for the for the uh predators. Let me just check real quick. Because one of the things they keep coming back to is like, oh, this player would be good for the Predators. Oh, he's a left wing. Yeah, and they just they on the left side they're going to have Forsberg, uh, Fiala, and Tolvanen. Right, and they're for, and they're top three, and yep, Jeff Skinner is a left winger. Do you do you put him on his off wing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's that's a, the interesting thing about Nashville is they don't have a ton of holes where they just like position wise well, would benefit. I mean, their their holes are the right wing. Yeah. Yeah, because really um, after I mean the, the whoever plays on the first line will play well. Yeah, um, which but you can't really afford to take Arvidsson off that, like off of Johansson or Forsberg's line. I don't Dude, know. Maybe, maybe he and plummet. Maybe he and Kyle Turris can become best friends this summer and really get some chemistry going. <laughs> yeah, well that that's that's all nice and stuff. And Craig but, uh, Smith forgot how to score again towards the end of the year. There. Yeah, he was doing well. I really I don't have any confidence in Craig Smith going forward. I uh, every time I well, every now and then I think that I really like Craig Smith and think he's he's a solid second line winger. And then I remember they're paying him four point two million dollars. Yeah, and it's, yeah. 
That was a deal he signed a while ago, too, wasn't yeah. it? It was like 4 yeah, four by 4.25. He saves his own shots, and he roofs <laughs> an empty netter into the stands. <laughs> into the stands. Hey, man, it was a field goal. He got three points from It's He's fine. He's fine for two. I'd like Craig Smith at two, yeah. two and a half. I think, I think a lot of people knew, though, that when the year started, it was mostly Kevin Fiala driving the bus on that line. And then even when Calateris came in, I still, at least from what the numbers said, I was, I was still under the belief that or that Kevin Fiala was still driving the bus, and Craig Smith was kind of along for the ride, and he did ride a little bit of a hot, you know, shooting percentage there for a bit. But well, that's something we we can talk about in another episode too. Is what they're going to do with Kevin Fiala? Yeah, because he is making eight point six three million. Or sorry, no, whoa, whoa, eight hundred sixty-three thousand dollars. Just eight hundred sixty thousand dollars. When I say it like that, it yeah. sounds like a bonus. Um, yeah, for the next year, and then he's an RFA. The good news is that, well, there's no one else really to sign besides Colton Sissons mm. on the offense, but you you do have to re-sign uh, Ryan Ellis that, that year. Yeah, and Anthony Botetto. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anthony Botetto at $6,500. Stop saying that. Six hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. I don't hate. Yeah, exactly. That's but here's they just paying five hundred thousand dollars to like hang around the rink yeah. with the guy. <laughs> you know, then he doesn't have to play. But whatever. Oh, UC Saros. Oh, well, I, I guess we can talk about that another time. But UC Saros, man. It needs to be a busy offseason for Nashville, basically. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's just got to be. Yeah, it has to. Uh, what were you even talking about? I don't remember. I feel like it was, it's to do with Oliver Ekman Larson. Yep. Oh, so here. Because I think he's going to go to Toronto. With the over under of $8.25 million, does he make over or under? Or exactly that? I'd say exactly that. I he, he makes over, baby. Yeah. I mean, he ain't a righty, but. Yeah, I mean, if. if the uh, fact, I mean, Bobby Kidsey's pretty reliable, so if, if everyone kind of knows that that's the offer is eight and a quarter, someone will offer him more. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. Um, in Toronto. Do you think that he'll resign with Arizona? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Of all the of all those free agents, you know, Shane Carlson Dunn. and Shane Doan part two, career coyote. He's only twenty six. Yeah. Who? Well, here's the other thing. Uh, Max Domi's been rumored on the training block. Who goes first, Max Domi or Oliver Ekman Larson? I don't know. Max Domi's hard to pin down. What? What really is he? I know. He's, that's how I feel about him. It's, let's let's go to the. Some, he's like pretty close to being like kind of one of their star players, but I just don't know what you would get out of him from another team. Good London night, Max Domi. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, you should know more about him than I do. Forty-five points in two games. Not bad. No, not bad. Uh, that's the thing about the Coyotes. It's like if you're average or or a little below, it's like yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, actually, uh, forty-eight Corsi. Oh, he shot at six percent this year. Like wow. that's pretty low. You you have to expect these guys score more than nine goals. I think he I think he's probably around a twenty goal scorer. I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Below average Corsi, a below average Fenwick. Pretty bad Fenwick actually. Forty six percent. PDO is a one hundred one. Really? Yeah. Damn. What do you What do you get out of Max? I mean, I don't. Know. Well, you know, I he, wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Yeah, I, I could say that much. Especially with John Chaka there, kind of just, you don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, well, I know what we were going to talk about. Vegas and Caps. Oh, oh baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Caps are going to win this. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking kind of like that, but 
I have faith in John Marcheseau and uh, in Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, I mean it's to- obviously totally different if Vegas wins Game Four because then it's just it's splits going home. Yep. Um, but I don't know. It seems like Vegas is finally kind of sputtering out a little bit. They're still playing very well, but they're finally kind of not just on fire. In Game Three, they put out Ryan Reeves in or not or no sorry Game Two they game put two, Ryan yeah, Reeves out with a minute to out. go. Like I get it, Down he's had goal. two goals in two games, but. Jeez. Stop. And this is Gerard Gallant. This is who we thought we would get more out this of. This is my savior. Exactly. And then Ryan Reese goes on. But then Holby, of course, makes the save. Oh, yeah. The save. The save. Oh, of the decade. Oh, easily. Yeah, playoffs, the year, the decade. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, that, that should be so far buried in the back of the net. I mean, granted, Alex Tuck should absolutely yes. get that a foot off the ground. Shot. Most, as with most... Incredible saves. The shot could have been better. Yes. But situationally, uh, the style points for saving with a paddle. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you're pulling up Marley's numbers. I'm trying to see if I can find the, an update on the We're score. just going to ignore <laughs> We're just gonna ignore NHL playoffs. <laughs> we are now a Toronto Marley's <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I'd be down. Oh, right now, 2-1 to one for the Texas Stars with 13 minutes left in the game. Uh, let's see who scored for the year. Ben Smith. Three minutes left in the first period there. Uh, I've been... I kind of thought about that. Maybe Ryan Ellis to the Toronto Maple Leafs and who you'd want back. Toronto's been one of those teams that goes through. I mean, a, a team that obviously needs defense. Yeah, I mean, that's their big is hole. atrocious. Yep. So Besides you, Morgan Riley. Yeah. And Jake Gardner. Yeah. I like Jake Gardner yeah, quite a yeah. bit. I think he had a really bad game set yeah, there against Boston. Well, definitely. But yeah, I, I, that's, I, I think Carolina and Toronto are kind of the two teams that have been rumored to maybe work something mm-hmm. on national. Of course, the New York Islanders. Who would they? Not trade? that they would work anything out. I was going to say, I granted Blue Line Morello's in in island on the island now, so yeah. they could be something. I don't know. I think they should still name it John Tavares Place. <laughs> they should just name, name the new arena. Yeah, I mean. They, they should literally do everything, just, like, hook up all these, like, sponsorship deals yeah. and everything. Although, supposedly, John DeVaris sells a bunch of shit in Canada. Like, really? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the most apt uh, the most apt commercial ever was that uh, Sidney Crosby sells white bread. Yep. Yeah, yep. just yep. spot on. Yep. I love that. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, my first time in Canada when I was working for, uh, for London, mm-hmm. I went up for a trip and... It was, I think it was two weeks before Christmas time, and I'd turn on the TV just to kind of be like, wow, I'm in Canada, I see all, like, the really bad commercials that they have out there. And yeah. All of a sudden, Dempster's Bread, Sydney Crosby. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's a funny thing about going to Canada. When you, when you like, consume a lot of Canadian media, mm-hmm. I guess you get, I get convinced that, like, Pizza 76 is not a real thing. <laughs> Whatever that is, it's Boston. Or Boston Pizza, yeah, Boston yeah. Pizza. And then you go up there and, like, the ads, the joke ads you've been hearing are, like, real billboards and stuff. It's in a, it's like a, it's kind of like Disney World. I just want to know who in the hell chose Boston as their pizza yeah. base. No. Like, it's not even known for back it. In the, back when I first started getting in the NHL and I would watch, like, you know, bootleg streams of these games, and it was usually the Canadian feeds of these games, and I remember which thinking, uh, yeah, and I it was always TSN, which I didn't know how good I had it. And now that I have cable, I get the crap. Anyway, I remember thinking exactly that. I was like, Boston pizza, <laughs> like New York, Chicago, like literally any other kind yeah, of pizza. Boston pizza. Okay, I guess if there's a place I, we can't complain because there's a place down here called California Pizza Kitchen, which oh, don't go there. 
Don't go. To well, yeah, no, I know. As yeah. someone who is from California, yeah, it's I like understand. A, it's like just a weird chain. Yeah, they got. I mean, they have like buffalo chicken pizza is pretty good actually. Really? Yeah. Now that I remember, yeah, yeah. actually, I don't think yeah. I've ever been to Buffalo Chicken. I mean, I want to turn this into a places I've been to eat. Yeah, let's talk. Well, we can do a pizza podcast next, <laughs> next week between the pepperoni, <laughs> between the slices, between the slices. Ah, <laughs> I can come up with these all day. I, I think I can do between the jokes all day. I think it's just because of our old name, between the pipes. You know, between the pipes, between the pepperoni. Yeah, BTP. That was pretty bad. Well, BTP. I never said it was good. I just between the slices. Oh, uh, so you think so? You think Vegas is coming back? Eh? I think I think it goes Game Seven. I really do. Uh, I think Jared Gallant deserves to go to seven. Oh yeah, we deserve this. To go we to we deserve this to go to Game Seven. I don't think that's what I was talking about. I think I was talking about Ryan Ellis to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you're having trouble staying. You're you're distracted by the Marlies right now. You're Dude, trouble staying just, focused. You know they're my team. Oh, that's um, okay. So yeah. I'll, uh, why don't we just let's just keep it in, in our tradition of keeping things simple today? Yeah. Is Ryan Ellis a national predator in a year and a half? No. Okay. There you have it. Where yeah. is he, where does he play? Well, do they let him walk or do they trade him? Yeah, I'm asking you. I don't know. I'm not fortunate, <laughs> Deli. Well, you seem pretty convinced he's not going to be with Nashville, so well, I don't know where you had in mind. I just said yes. Is that, is that, con- is that convinced? I didn't get up around and parade around and. Yeah. I think he's a. I think he. Is it remains a natural predator. How much do you think he signs for? Five. <laughs> How does it feel to be so wrong? He likes Nashville. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a homer. That's what we do. You know, I guess. I, I admit mean, that. I'm so happy I'm no longer a homer. So Man. I'm a homer in the sense I just get really mad at the Sharks. They just make they don't, yeah, I don't feel well, pleasure yeah, anymore. Yeah. I just yeah. get mad. Yeah. Just well, I'm getting there, man. With Nashville's. This year was just such a wasted opportunity. And I know they ran into a great Winnipeg Jets team, but they played like garbage. I think I asked you this question last last podcast, but do the Predators go to five games against the, the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh yeah, I think we did talk about this. Uh I think they go to six and lose. I think they did I think they could have done a little better than Winnipeg did. I mean just playing that trap maybe. Yeah. <sighs> Which hopefully they would have. Made me throw up. That's fine. It won it won a couple it won like the only two games <laughs> that they deserved to win that whole series. <laughs> Well, George, uh, where can we find your stuff? Uh, you can find me on the Hockey Writers. I have a couple things coming out this week, actually. Just today, uh, Sunday, I came out with a thing on... E-Kane. Came out on Vander Kane. Um, yeah, otherwise, find me on Twitter, GeorgeM1019. Uh, yeah, pretty... I'm kind of... I haven't really been tweeting too much recently. I know. It's been a little quiet over there for Yeah, me. I just haven't really found something like worth tweeting about. That's the point of Twitter. You don't have to. You just have to tweet about anything. Oh, word. You don't have to actually need to talk about anything. You just do. Hmm. Uh, speaking of, that's where you can find me on Twitter at WadeM117. WadeM. WadeM. Uh, yeah, and of course you are listening to Between the Fangs, brought to you by thehockeywriters.com. And we will be back here, I assume, next Sunday with another installment of What Can We Talk About During the Off Season? Where will Ryan Ellis be in a year and a half? Yep, we'll get back into that. Yeah, I like it. We'll get back into his $5 million six-year contract. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate you. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. All right.